You're listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs who have sold their companies and the advisors that help them. We elicit expert advice from exit planners, attorneys, merger and acquisition experts, accountants, business appraisers, and financial advisors, all with a goal of educating you about the sales process. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started a sales process, or are post-deal, we aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. And now, here's your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's Noah Rosenfarb, the author of Exit, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, here today with Mike Knoll. Mike is uh, somewhat famous for being the founder of the Alliance of Merger and Acquisition Advisors. He's also the founder of um, the, the Mid-Market Alliance, which is new to me and maybe new to some of you. So we'll talk to Mike about what his experience has been in the M&A world, and hopefully he'll share some great stories with us. So thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Thank you, Noah, for, for the kind words, and thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, as I was mentioning to you, Mike, about, you know, a little more than half of our audience is advisors to owners, and the other half, uh, you know, 30 40% is made up of business owners. So if you can, speak to them a little bit about, in all your years of experience, what would you say are the three things that maybe owners should be doing now to start preparing for their exit? Well, it's a great question in that uh, having worked with private company owners and their advisors for a number of decades since the mid-80s when I, I sold my accounting practice because I had a client that needed help. So we've, we've learned a lot about what works and what not to do in uh, the private company marketplace. And, and one of the things that uh, I think is, is most important is simply to develop an understanding and awareness of the the marketplace. This, of course, is uh, not taught in in business school, and uh, it really, if you look at the popular press and and so much in the the general media stream, this has been overlooked in in the past, and almost all of our, our focus from a business perspective, has either been on larger public companies or on smaller uh, mom-and-pop type Main Street businesses. So our organization has developed a, a, a great deal of, of know-how and uh, we have many valuable relationships who share information and best practices for middle market private companies generally with revenues between 5 and, and $500 million for for the most part sometimes a little smaller and occasionally a little larger. But this is the overlooked uh, gray market that um, oftentimes uh, firms are just not well served in this area. So one of the things you should do is, is certainly understand the marketplace, get as much information, and that that's obviously a good starting point. I, I'd have to say uh, uh, item number two would be to connect with uh, knowledgeable professionals who have experience in this uh, this marketplace, it, it's certainly um, a large and fragmented 
marketplace. Uh, some would call it a, a, a flea market when it comes to the, the connecting of companies and, and investors, capital sources of, of all types. So knowing the people on, uh, as to who would be uh, helpful, that clearly would be a, the second thing I think we've, we've observed, Noah. And the, the third thing would obviously be relative to the, the operation of a, the business itself in terms of performance and profitability. Uh, what we've found is that many private companies are not run for maximum uh, value or profitability. Uh, oftentimes, uh, many company owners are, are not uh, investing in the, the people or the systems in order to create enormous market value, but instead are more interested in uh, the, the, the current income, the, 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 uh, the income that could be uh, uh, generated from the company just by running it. But sometimes we found where companies will uh, uh, milk the cow to such an extent that they really haven't invested in, in the, the systems and the people to create true market value that would be an investor. So um, that's point number three. Uh, so I'd say understand the marketplace, uh, connect with people who are knowledgeable and experienced in this special sector, and then run the business so that you're able to evidence uh, significant market value and you you can show this by being able to explain the past and sell the future because remember that's the most important factor for any investor is expected future profitability those would be some of the the major observations we've made after uh, a long time in this uh, overlooked and underserved private middle marketplace great great advice and well summarized um and, and so along with that, you know, I think one of the challenges that owners face, like you described, is finding people that they can rely on. And then coincident with that, you know, instead of just milking the cow, making sure you're feeding the cow too, so you're creating value. Um, so I guess my question on that, you know, have you seen a trend in owners being willing to get prepared, you know, a, a few years before they're ready to sell? And, and if not, you know what? What do you think's going on? Well, certainly that it 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 it's something that makes sense in in preparing to to sell, just as you would prepare, ideally, for any other life event, and uh, that is is the logical way to go about it. Uh, sadly, I'd have to say that most of our our more than one thousand independent members now will tell you that it, it doesn't happen as often as, as you might think. Uh, the marketplace today, uh, candidly, is, is very uh, unbalanced. And, and by that I mean I don't think we've ever seen a situation where there was so much money available, such a, a ravenous appetite for successful private companies. Uh, between uh, large pools of capital that, that the private equity community manages on top of the corporate coffers, the, the, the synergistic corporate buyers now are, are very cash-rich and, and seeking to grow by acquisition. And then a, another enormous pool of capital would be with high net worth individuals and, and many family offices. Uh, 
there's a, um, many of these these private successful families now are, are seeking to invest directly in successful private companies. So there, there's a, a great deal of money available, and debt is generally available as well. Uh, the, the difficulty, though, is that all of these investors are really seeking uh, the, the most attractive companies only. So that leaves a, um, a number of companies that are not well positioned in terms of performance and profitability. The, the top quartile businesses now are being bid up to, to lofty multiples, even higher before the Great Recession. But many will tell you there just are not enough companies available. And so there's an unbalanced situation between uh, the supply and, and, and demand. So it, it, it's clearly a, a, an extraordinary seller's market if someone has a successful company now. But um, rather than being prepared, what we've learned, Noah, is that for many of these companies, they don't learn about the problem until they sit down to talk with an investor who might be ready to to write a check. And then as they start due diligence and and begin to to, uh, uh, drill down in terms of the the attractiveness of of a business, and and again, as we talked earlier, business value is driven largely by, by one thing, expected future profitability. So you, you, to position your company, you want to be uh, uh, able to explain the past because oftentimes in a, a private company, there's many personal, discretionary, and, and non-recurring expenses that need to be adjusted to show what it might have looked like if it had been run like a public company. So that that's clearly one part of the, the preparation process. But most important is, is to sell the future, to be able to, to evidence that through an investment of, of capital with, for new management systems, acquisitions, expansion, that the, the future opportunity is, is much greater than might have been the case in the past. So uh, the, the, the difficulty today is, is that uh, for whatever reason, uh, many companies are very reluctant to uh, add the, the professional help and, and begin the growth plan to position the company for maximum value. And as, as we say, uh, many times this just isn't made known until someone starts the discussion with a, a potential potential buyer. So, you know, we've, we've had some other experts on here, Mike, that uh, espoused a few different statistics. And, you know, I guess I could probably combine them all together into something that says, you know, something like, 70% of businesses can never be sold, and of the 30% that can be sold, you know, 70% of them don't get sold because they can't close a deal at a value that the the, set, the owner would agree on. So, you know, and then the, the, maybe there's a 70% that do sell that express remorse after it's over because they wish they would have done more planning. You know, whatever it is, all those statistics seem to me to be pretty abysmal. And And have you seen any shift in the last two decades that you've been working with advisors around that statistic? Are we making progress as a community in helping owners? It, it, it's an excellent question. I'm, I'm not sure anyone knows the answer for sure. I, I, I do know the, uh, the, 
the extent of the difficulty based on a, a survey of our members, as well as my own personal experience as a, a middle market intermediary. We, we've, we've learned, we know that nine times out of ten, ninety percent of the time, when one of our, our members goes to, to visit with a potential seller, uh, nine times out of ten, there just is not a transaction opportunity today. Uh, there, there's oftentimes uh, too big of a, a value gap between what the owner or owners might like, want, or desire in the way of transaction value and market reality. And if there's that sizable gap, as there oftentimes is, uh, nine times out of ten, the, the M&A professionals are, are not able to help and uh, that is uh, just the, the reality of, of the marketplace. We, we find it, it's even more pronounced, much more pronounced, by our private equity investors, many of which are, are members of our organization, and they will tell you that they will do, on average, one out of every 80 or 100 uh, companies that they look at. So, uh, again, um, the difference, of course, being an advisor is, is taking on a an assignment, a project, so they're cautious to one level, uh, and an investor, of course, is, is making a, a much greater level of financial commitment, so they are even more cautious, and, and so they, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I know so often this, this value gap exists, and uh, to answer your question about what's being done now when people learn about this need, there is an emerging new group of, of independent professionals uh, in, in this field of, of exit planning, of which I know you're, you're an expert yourself. And uh, we applaud and endorse those that are learning that, that skill set, those abilities, because the market need is so great. And they become a, a wonderful team member we, we think that for a, a, a private company to sell for the highest price and, and most value, it, it, it's a team sport. It, it cannot be done by any one superstar individual, but rather it involves an experienced professional CPA working in collaboration with transaction attorney alongside of the experts as it relates to personal planning investment banking, et cetera, et cetera. So the, this, this uh, area that I, I know you're familiar with, Noah, is really a, a new profession, the, the exit planning profession. There are several organizations that have developed uh, wonderful uh, training and professional development programs, and I think it, it's simply in response to the, the market need with these, these many of these private company owners who are, are baby boomers like myself, from an age perspective, uh, more more often than not now, those type businesses are, are not being passed on to the children. So when they do have one of these discussions and, and see this value gap problem become evident, uh, I, I think exit planning professionals are, are an ideal way to, to help resolve this, this problem, don't you? Uh, well, I, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I think one of the things that... I envision is that as exit planning becomes an accepted practice among the 
professional advisor community and then among the business owner community, I would envision there to be a blurring of the lines between the thousand members in your organization and the the types of people that call themselves exit planners versus M and A advisors. What's your mm-hmm. take on that? Well, it, it it's a um, a fundamental market need, and and yet what what we've learned, Noah, is there is a an entirely different skill set, and and by that I mean. What we've learned over the, we just had the 15th anniversary for the, the start of our, our M&A association. What we've learned is that the, the, the personality type and the skill set as a successful transaction advisor is a, a whole different type personality from someone that might be a more patient relationship expert who could work with a company over a period of, of months or, or years in helping them to improve profitability and, and to increase market value. Uh, you'd, you'd like to think that this, this could be done by uh, the, the same individual or the same company, but that's not been our experience. Our, our experience is because people are, are paid differently and, and different by temperament and, and skill set, it really requires a, a, a group of, of independent experts who are willing to collaborate, recognizing everyone has these these differences we, we've, we've talked about. We see this now emerging, again, in response to the market need, but it, it is something that, that is new and I think when you're looking at working with experienced professionals in a new model, uh, that always is going to, to take extra time to be able to see that, see this all become uh, a highly functioning, uh, very efficient uh, market solution. But it, it, it's, it's now emerging from several different groups around the U.S. And of course, what we've learned in recent years too is that these needs are not just here in the U.S., but when it, it comes to private company transactions, there's a, an enormous cross-border opportunity as well. And again, it, it all relates to trusted relationships and, and having a, a, a solution process in place that facilitates deal-making. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that around the skill sets, and I think one of the the, the reasons that I would pick up from you is, is where we might not have this kind of continuum for an owner to go from exit planning to investment banking is because of the fragmentation in, in the industry itself and the kind of the owners don't have, you know, a lot of brand names to choose from that they would know of when it comes to selecting an investment banker on a, on a kind of a national scale. So Absolutely. Yeah, do you see that changing over time? You were part of Geneva. I, if anyone had been there and kind of done that, it might have been that brand. So um, what would you say? Do you think we'll see that come back again? I, I, I wish I knew. I, um, I'd like to think that there would be a, a more organized solution center because you're right. Today, most companies are at a loss on, on where to start the process, where, where to turn, because this is such a very high, highly fragmented, very uh, opaque marketplace. The 
Association calls this the gray market, and many independent professionals working in this uh, lower middle market, uh, that we, our association is now doing a great deal of work in both the SEC and Congress, we, we call it the, the Campaign for Clarity, uh, to help provide a, a, a more clear picture as to when one would be required to be a registered rep with a, a, a thin or broker-dealer and when that would not necessarily be required. And that uh, th- there's a great deal of confusion and uncertainty in the marketplace today, and, and many of the professionals in this lower-middle market have uh, uh, have simply been working in what the American Bar Association, American Bar Association calls the, the gray market. So we, we'd like to see people uh, legal, trained, and, and connected because we think that this, this profession, both the M&A advisory profession as well as the exit planning profession, should be working in much closer collaboration. And I, I think with some of the the efforts that many independent professionals are making to to, to professionalize the market, I, I think we're going to see a, a eventually a, a solution center come into to place. But as you've said, Noah, today it, it's really quite a hodgepodge in that um, people are not quite sure where to begin the process, so they will oftentimes ask a, an independent CPA or they might ask a... Um, a banker or an attorney, and that really is how we got started as an organization. I had a CPA practice, and one of my clients, two young men with a computer-based pulmonary testing device, they needed help, and they asked me as their CPA, and I, of course, did not know the answers on on how to help them do a transaction or, or act in the private company marketplace, and I found where many other CPAs at the time were not well prepared either. So uh, that's changing. Uh, People are now getting more knowledgeable through the Internet and and through uh, organizations such as Association for Corporate Growth and our own organization and and others, but um, there still is, is no central hub, no recognized starting point, Noah, you're, you're, you're very correct about that today. So, uh, you know, one of the solutions is uh, for owners to kind of do their own due diligence. And I, I, my assumption is the Mid-Market Alliance is kind of an intention to help business owners, you know, kind of cut to the chase and go to some pre-approved or pre-selected or pre-due diligence parties. But without necessarily talking directly about the, the Mid-Market Alliance, what do you think owners should be doing to, to find who to trust? You know, if they go to their accountant, how do they even know their accountant's going to make the right referral? Well, that you, you really want to be able to um, work with those who you confidently know are able to deliver. The, the reason why we say that is, for many, this is a once-in-a-lifetime decision. It, it, for most private company owners, it would not be unusual to have 80 or 90% of, of their entire personal net worth uh, locked up in the value of a, 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 a illiquid 
private company. And so from a personal planning perspective, it doesn't get much more important than this. So we, we would, we certainly would emphasize the need to do your due diligence in connecting with those who have a proven track record and not deal with a, 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 a uh, somebody who's who's experimenting or, or or learning this this uh, I think most of our our independent members tend to be uh, having more gray hair and uh, the skill set required to competent to to be a, 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 a competent professional in this area really is such that it, it, it's positioned as an advanced professional. Capability. You it, it, you already have to have great competency as either an attorney or a CPA or having the MBA because the the skill set to complete a transaction either on the sell side or buy side transcends so many different disciplines from uh, accounting, tax, law. Uh, Many would argue, and if you're working with private company owners, there's there's also a great need to to understand uh, human behavior and psychology because of the the the, the nature of, of many uh, self-made private company owners. But the 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 point being, uh, it does make sense, I think, in this case, to to do uh, thorough diligence and com- complete homework through uh, through uh, your existing professionals, uh, most of whom are now aware of how to at least begin the process. And uh, I, I think that this is a discussion that you should, you should make sooner rather than later, simply because most likely, as we've talked earlier, it is evident that there's going to be a, a significant gap between market reality and and the current worth of a business so if that situation is is to be remedied uh, it it makes sense to start the plan early and of course it, it it's a wonderful time to be able to to look at ways to to grow a company today with uh, cloud computing and the ease uh, on a on a international scale there there's clearly a new business model that is available for many if they choose to be proactive, but uh, it, it does all start with advanced planning and, and being very uh, 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 aggressive with the, uh, the fact that one would insist on working only with experienced professionals who have the, the, the tombstones and the, the, the capability to, to deliver the best results. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that I think is challenging for probably all of your members and the people that I speak with is that, you know, we, we just want to shake the owners and say, come on, you know, you got to do this, wake up. But, you know, we're, we're giving you great advice. We're going to help you increase the value of your company. We're going to help you save money on taxes. Um, and yet so many owners fail to take action. So do you have any best practices that you've assembled from your members that you could share with our audience that's on the advisory side on how to motivate owners? Well, I, I think one of the, 
the uh, the key reasons that people act is uh, is certainly out of uh, they say human behavior. We we all act out of uh, fear or greed, and uh, as a, an experienced professional in the marketplace, I, I know the frustration when someone recognizes the, uh, the 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 inability of others to to be proactive. I, I think some of the saddest moments I had in dealing with business owners who decided not to do anything today, some of the most uh, tragic phone calls I would get where they might call six months or a year later or, or, or sometime after our, our initial meeting, and inevitably something has happened. Either technology changed, litigation, loss of a key employee. Uh, we all know that if you're in business, things happen. And uh, uh, I, I can't help but think of the wealthiest men of, of the last century, uh, a very accomplished entrepreneur whom, whom made massive amounts of, uh, of, of profit on, on, on private companies, Bernard Baruch, when asked how he managed to amass such a fortune, he smiled and said, I always failed too soon. With the, 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 the lesson for all of us being things happen. Uh, there's a uh, uh, clearly, I think, we, we act out of, uh, out of fear or greed, and fear is a much bigger motivator. And the fact that everyone is going to exit uh, this business for one reason, they're human. Uh, it's going to be sooner or later, uh, voluntary or not, but it is going to happen, and I think it's it's a matter of um, uh, avoiding the disaster and being proactive because there's now so many options and alternatives that can be made when a business has growth potential and has CG, particularly at a time like this where interest rates remain at unbelievably low levels and there's so much capital available, there, there really is a, a wonderful window of opportunity if one is, is proactive and, and chooses to, to, to not wait for one of these inevitable problems to arise. But um, that's a lot easier said than, than done. And it, uh, uh, you, you know how this goes. Uh, some will and, and some won't. And it, uh, I think all you can do, Noah, is, is do the work you're doing in trying to, uh, to share the, the insight of others and uh, in the marketplace, the, the, the chips will fall as they do, but um, certainly by being attuned to some of these issues and opportunities, uh, that, as I said, that the, the window of opportunity today, I think, is, is just extraordinary. I love that quote, and I hadn't heard it, that I always sold too soon, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of a corollary. One of one of our other guests talked about, you know, clients saying, uh, you know, things are just so good in my business now. So he said, oh, you know what, so just call me when things are bad, and we'll sell it then, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's... Someone will that, definitely want to buy it when things are yeah. bad. Yeah, it, it, and it, it, it's, it's, I guess, for anybody who's... Uh, uh, a gambler, when when you're at the table and uh, things are going good, it it's so hard 
to walk away. But obviously, uh, the experienced pros realize that uh, trees don't grow to heaven. Uh, all these things go in, in cycles, and it's, uh, it, it's self-discipline and, and uh, lots of other things that people smarter than I have been uh, working on for a long time. And uh, but uh, some will hear this this message and 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 take it, and that that's probably all we can do, Noah. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go, I, I would like to talk about your upcoming annual meeting, which is taking place January 21st to the 23rd in Phoenix. Um, and for those of you listeners that are interested in learning more, you could go to the amaaonline.org website. Um, I, you know, I wanted to know the theme this year is dynamic deal making. What what do you foresee as the big trends in 2014 in the M&A market? Well, one of the the big trends has to be this uh, this enormous amount of money available, and and the fact that there's there's simply so much equity and debt available. So that that's certainly a, a fundamental that would impact. The conference at this point. Uh, another one are the, the changes taking place in, in Washington D.C. Uh, our organization has, has worked with a number of other independent professionals in the private capital marketplace, and we've introduced uh, new legislation uh, that would uh, help provide legal clarity for independent M&A advisors for these smaller companies. And, and remember, this was. Uh, uh, something that the American Bar Association has has called for for many years in providing a, a, a special exemptive relief for smaller private company transactions. This this will help create uh, and and really is is tied in with so many other changes going on in Washington with the the one theme of removing regulatory burden and increasing access to, to capital for private companies because we know that private companies are our engine of growth and prosperity and many in Washington now are, are very anxious to, to see this fragile recovery become more more robust. So we're of the belief that there's going to be a, what, what many are referring to as, as Jobs Act 2 uh, with, with many related legislative and, and other regulatory initiatives to remove these these burdens uh, and and to provide greater flow of, of, of capital and a more vibrant private company marketplace. So that, that will be talked about at great length at the conference. We've got many government uh, officials and um, uh, successful business owners that have um, uh, Built a company that is um, uh, that that have built a company, so it, it's not only going to be uh, uh, government officials, but uh, we have um, a man by the name of uh, Doug Ducey, who is uh, the founder, a successful business owner of a Coldstone Creamery, and is going to be running for governor of Arizona. He's currently the, the, the treasurer. So this is uh, the, one of the, the many featured speakers. There are, are more than 50 at that three-day conference. But uh, when it comes to a gathering of experienced investors, advisors, 
and transaction support professionals of all types uh, for business owners and others that are interested in this marketplace and, and how to uh, the, the, the whole effort is around helping people to learn and earn more together. It's a very collegial share group. So thank you for uh, for, for mentioning that, Noah. Yeah, and and, and I guess uh, you know. If, if if you're not already in a warm climate, Scottsdale and Phoenix probably isn't a bad place to be in. <laughs> no, it. We're, we're, with Chicago's temperature today, uh, we're already looking forward to being out there in in just a uh, uh, little over five weeks. Yeah. So, um, Mike, before we end our call, maybe you have a, a story that you'd like to share, some parting advice for the audience. Well, I I think one of the things that is our experience is the, um, the the fact that there is a um, I think an enormous amount of, of wealth that's been accumulated with uh, with private companies. We 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 I don't know uh, if everyone has had the chance to read a, a wonderful book called the, the Millionaire Next Door, but this talks about the fact that our our, our economy has been built. Around successful private companies, and uh, it's interesting to see the research now being done at um, the um, University of, of Ohio and, and other institutions. Pepperdine, this overlooked private company marketplace is now being studied, and very, very revealing. Our economy. Is, is really dependent on these for these on these hundreds of thousands of, of private middle market companies that have really in the past been overlooked. So the one thing we learned during the Great Recession is, as it relates to job growth, the larger public companies were were getting rid of jobs during the 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 downturn, and yet these private middle market companies continued. To, to grow and add more people. And so we now have empirical evidence on, on how important this part of our economy is. And, of course, it's not just here in the U.S. We've just recently opened a chapter in Germany, and the Mittelstand in Germany is also the, the vibrant part of, of that strong economy. So I think the, the most important thing we would like to note Noah, is that there's the, the, the future looks very encouraging for this part of, of the economy, but it, it really does become a very personal and individual decision because this is the, the these there's the the decision making really rests on a successful private company owner, and we would encourage them to be very uh, proactive in uh, making all of the efforts all that it, it could be by getting professional help, doing your homework, and being attuned to the marketplace, especially when it's as uh, wide open and encouraging as, as it is today. Yeah. So, Mike, uh, if for our audience that aren't already connected with you in one way or another, how should they reach out? How do they get to know you? Well, we we would very much like to be able to to connect with any 
independent business owner or professional that's active in this marketplace. Our, our membership is open to independent investors, professional advisors. Uh, we have many business owners now that are being proactive and, and learning about this long before they might be considering selling just so they're, they're well prepared. Another new dimension, Noah, that we found fascinating is, is we're getting more and more corporate M&A from larger companies like Boeing and John Deere, uh, both Cisco's, uh, the, the Cisco, the, the technology company, as well as the Cisco, the food company. But they want to grow by acquiring private companies, so they're sending their corporate development executives to our organization. We, we host a, a training and certification program and Happy to speak with anyone at any time. That they can reach us toll-free at 877-844-2535 or, as, as you mentioned earlier, on our website at amaaonline.org. Great. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. To so all our listeners, please, if you enjoyed the interview, share it on uh, LinkedIn, iTunes, Facebook, wherever you're at. Tweet us on Twitter, however it is. Tell a neighbor, call a friend. Uh, we appreciate you sharing the podcast. And uh, certainly if you leave your reviews for us on iTunes or wherever you found us, we'd appreciate it. Feel free to get in touch with me if you have advice or suggestions for the show. My email is noah, N-O-A-H, at freedomadv.com. And hope you join us again. Thanks for listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started the sales process, or are post-deal, we aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. If you have any questions about today's podcast, you can contact your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition at 855-540-0400. Please be sure to rate us on iTunes and give us your feedback. Until next time, this is the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast.